This is Short-Term Rental Management, the show that is all about short-term rental property management with your host, yours truly, Luke Carl. This episode of The Short-Term Show is brought to you by The Short-Term Shop. 30-year fixed mortgages, tax benefits, and long-distance management training made easy are just a few of the perks of owning a short-term rental. The Short-Term Shop can help you buy and learn how to manage your property from anywhere in the world. Just go to theshorttermshop.com and click Get Connected. Again, that's theshorttermshop.com, and we are brokered by eXp. See y'all over there. I'm fired up. I'm excited. I'm fired up, man. I'm, uh, I'm having a, quite frankly, I'm having a hard time keeping these alligators down. And, uh, and I, I just want to spread the word. I want to spread the gospel of freedom because that's what it's all about. You know, I think the hard part here is that it's, it's difficult. Uh, you know, th- here's the deal. You get so many people that are just Googling how do I quit my job? I hate my job. What do I do? How do I, what's a better way to live my life? What's better than a 401k or whatever? And it all leads you to real estate. Maybe it's going to lead you to rental real estate or it's going to lead you to uh, mutual funds, stocks, bonds. What All these things have one thing in common. You need a lot of cash. I'm sorry. You know, this is what the internet doesn't tell you. You cannot, I've got a lot of folks to get into this asset class because they Googled, how do I quit my job? And they want to buy three houses and quit their job. And I'm sorry, but that is not how it works. I came from humble beginnings in the middle, in the Midwest. Put your finger on the middle of the United States. That's where I grew up in a tiny little town in a cornfield with cookie cutter houses. Um, and, uh, and I'm very happy and proud of my upbringing. My father was a hardworking dude as a, as, as a mailman. He went to Vietnam twice. My mother cut hair in the basement of our house. Everybody's hair, but mine, the cobbler's son goes shoeless, if you will. And, um, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy. That's the truth. You can't. You can't buy 16 houses and quit your job. I don't care how much, where are you going to get the money for those 16 houses? Unless you got a rich uncle or something, it just is not going to happen. You know, so um, on the other side of the coin, I'm about to contradict myself. I did it. I did it. I had $16 when I first started in real estate. I had a W-2 that I loved. I wouldn't call it a day job. I wasn't answering to the man. It was a creative gig. And before that, I was in the bar business. Again, not really answering to the man because these folks were coming in to get drunk, have a good time. I was in New York City in my 20s. It was fantastic. I busted my hump. I ended up owning 25% of a bar uh, by the age of 25 in the biggest city in the world. And it was a lot of work. But eventually you get to the point where you're like, man, I can't bartend until 6 o'clock in the morning in in my 30s, you know. And then later on, there's plenty of folks that do it, lifers. God bless you. You're in the service industry for life, but you're not going to do it at the night shift, grinding hard, making those big paychecks every night and the exciting, fun, you know, big chunk of tips, et cetera. You're going to move on to happy hours and, and and maybe a local family restaurant type of vibe and that kind of thing. But I knew there was a different life out there for me. And, and then I wandered again. I did the bar first and then I did the W-2 did that for 10, 12 years. And then, um, and then I just kind of fall, fell into real estate. 
and and let me tell you right now the hard part the hard part was deciding what to do you know how to the hard part in life is figuring out what you want to do and a lot of times that has everything to do with figuring out what you don't want to do making that decision in my opinion is at least for me has always been more difficult than actually executing once i get the decision made and paper write it down make it happen accomplish the mission all right 46 percent chance when you write it down pen to paper i i got yellow pads everywhere 16 of them right here when you write it down you got a 46 percent ch better chance that it will actually happen i'm talking about goals now i find that it's for me it's much more much closer to like 90 percent. but i've gotten good at determining what the goal should be and being realistic about what i'm writing down you know if you're just gonna write down i want 16 ferraris probably not gonna happen you know not overnight that being said i did read in a book one time uh pull up to a stoplight next to a ferrari and you know the poor guy and me this rich and rich and poor rich people and poor people i don't like to use those two words it makes me feel uncomfortable but i got no choice because i grew up poor now now i'm not you know uh also comes from a book secrets of the millionaire mind he uses the words rich and poor a lot and i that book changed my life please check it out t harbecker but anyway i think it was grant cardone said he pulled up to a stoplight next to a ferrari and you know the old me it came from the hard working getting under my dad's truck when i was six years old to help him change the brakes and working hard and and all that the old me would have said that guy's a jerk with that ferrari he's a jerk what does he know he's a jerk that guy's got a you know he's a, he's an a-hole <laughs> but me now you know i know that that's not true that dude probably worked his ass off to get where he's at you know maybe his daddy bought him a car who knows but that's not my problem it's none of my business either you know and so that's just a poor person mentality to think like that, like he was handed that thing. And, I, you know, I've had trouble. I've struggled with that my whole life, thinking that people were handed things. But you pull up next to that, that Ferrari at the stoplight, and what you need to say to yourself is, okay, the money to purchase that vehicle exists in the universe. I just got to figure out how to go find it. How do I get it? How do I get it? my piece of the pie, baby? The American dream. And I've done it, you know, I've done it. So in the early days, you know, like I said, I made a decision. I wanted to buy a rental house. Where that idea came from, I have no idea. This was, I hadn't read Rich Dad. I hadn't discovered Bigger Pockets. It was, I mean, Bigger Pockets was barely around back then. Um, and what it was, we moved from New York City. We moved from that, where I was running the bar to uh, to Tennessee, be closer to my, my future wife's, uh, at the time, uh, family. She's from the South. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, we can buy a house. Let's do this. You know, this is weird. This is a weird concept. Let's try it. So we did. And then we started saving our pennies. And it was very difficult. We didn't have anything. I had $16, right? I had a little bit of a W. I had a little bit of a, a 401k. I think Avery, my wife, just had just gotten her first day job. Anyway, so I sat down with pen and paper, and I did the old Dave Ramsey style. I didn't know that's what it was at the time, and I'm not a Ramsey fan. I'll be honest with you, I'm not. I think he's uh, really good at keeping rich, uh, keep, keeping poor people poor is what that is. 
and I have read all of his books because I like to I like to know my enemies, if you will. I just know it's not for me, but I, I'm going to, again, contradict myself. It worked in the early days before I knew what it was. Now, when I say it's not for me, I'm, I don't mean the paying off the loans. Not when you're young. Don't pay off loans when you're young. you got to leverage. you got to get to where you're trying to go. But what I did uh, at Ramsey style when I first started, having not known it, was I saved pennies. So what I did was I did the math and I said, how, okay, let's buy a hundred thousand dollar house. And I just, you know, I just, for whatever reason, I knew that it was 20% down on an investment house is whatever, you know, some, some, some reason that was in my head, 20% of a hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to need 20 grand. Well, where's this broke dude from Nebraska going to come up with $20,000? You know what I mean? So we had my day job. She had uh, her just getting her career started. And so I sat down and did the math and I said, if we live on, it was $700 a week. I'm sorry, two weeks. What it was, was $30, $20 one day. Let me get my phone. Let me get my calculator. I hate even picking up my phone because I know there's 16 things on there people need from me. And why? Because this is hard work. I look at my phone, six, six dudes are like, hey, your water heater's out. You know, you got a spring, you've got a leak over here. Sprung a leak. Um, why? Because rental real estate's hard work. It's hard work. It's rewarding. You're providing people a place to live and, you know, a vacation and have a good life and raise their kids. But if anybody thinks it's going to be easy, you're wrong. If you want to get to where I'm at, anybody can get to where I'm at. All it takes is busting your ass. Anybody out there that wants to get up at four o'clock in the morning and work as hard as I work can get to where I'm at. The truth is though, is most people don't want to. Oh, it's going to be that hard? Screw it. I'll stay working at the Verizon store selling cell phones. That's easier. Oh, my God. Luke has to wake up at 4 in the morning? Forget that. Screw that. He goes for a six-mile jog before 5 in the morning? What are you kidding me? And then he takes his kids to school and reads his kids' books at night? That's too hard, man. I don't have time for all that. Anyway, I did the math, and what I did was $25 a day for 18 months. And we would have $20,000 for a down payment on a rental property. That's what we did in the early days. I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a rich uncle. Who am I going to call, man? Nobody, who's got my money? I, I didn't have it. <laughs> Nobody's going to give it to me. Right? So $25 times two people times seven days times two weeks equals $700. So what I would do is every other, every other Friday when I got paid, from my W-2, I would go to the bank and get cash. I would get 20s and 10s, and I would put $20 one day and $30 the next day. I didn't want to do the $25. For whatever reason in my head, I really like the, re the reward of the 30 bucks every other day. <laughs> oh, man, this is a good day. I got $30 today for my gas. This was gas. Uh, uh, we, we didn't have any car payments. I was riding a motorcycle full-time. My wife's car was paid off. That was a gift from her parents when we got uh, when we bought our first house. So thank you for that. Thank, thank them for that. Thank you uh, for giving us that vehicle. We needed it. We couldn't afford it. And um, we had a very low mortgage at the time. And, uh, and that was it. We were living low dough, low dough. We, were, we, were, we, we didn't have enough money to spend on anything. We didn't have a choice. You know, we, we just... Not a lot of monthly stuff going on, right? So um, not a lot of uh, uh, liabilities. And so um, we take that $20 one day, 
And then $30 the next day, it's got to get my gas money, got to get me to work, got to get me home from work. We were commuting to work. And, uh, and then I also had to buy my beer and my food. Right. Um, so Avery got a little sneaky on me and she would, she would, uh, <laughs> not spend her money. And at the end of the week, she would go to Sephora and get her makeup with her money. She, she just never spent money. It's not her thing. She's never, never been that person. And I'd, I'd stop at the bar on the way home until I ran out of dough and come on home. Which the good news is for 25 bucks, you can't do too much damage at the bar anyway, right? So, um, we, here's what I did. I go to the bank, I pull out $700 for two weeks, and then I get my yellow, my, my post-it notes, my post-it notes. And I would put Luke Monday on one post-it note, and I'd put $20. Luke Monday on a post-it note with a safety, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Paperclip. And I would do that for 14 days in a row. I'd lay them all out. And I only put one, one week on the counter and one week in the cabinet where I couldn't see it. Because if you start seeing it, you're like, ah, I got all this money. Who cares? It's like, it's like, uh, it's like if you're trying to lose weight and you got a bunch of Fritos laying around. Ah, just who cares? They're right there. No big deal. Just eat them. Very much like losing weight, this process. The problem is, is that there is no immediate gratification. Join me live every Thursday for a weekly Q&A all about short-term rental. If you like my vibe, if you're digging the long hair extraordinaire, cash flow Carl, and want to ask me questions in real time, join me at strquestions.com. It's a lot of fun. strquestions.com. That's the difficult part. Everybody's got their, they live on your cell phone. We're like rats in the cheese, man. Give the you give a mouse a cracker. What's the name of that book? Give a mouse a, a a treat. Read that book. I'll put it in the in the notes for the show. Uh, if you give a, I'm gonna Google it here. Give a mouse, or give a mouse a cookie. Read that book. It's really short. I mean, really, it's a kid book. Anyway, um, the problem is that immediate gratification is not there, so it's boring and it's like, oh man, why should I even bother trying to do this? But I did it. $20 one day, $30 the next day. We saved, long story short, we saved up 20 grand. We went and bought a house. Now the problem is how you do it again. Now I'm broke. And that house is only going to make, you know, two, $300 a month on a single family long-term for 150 grand. Let's do some math. $150,000 long-term rental, 20% down, that's 30 grand. 5K in closing costs, maybe some rehabs or whatever. So you're looking at like $35,000 to get into this one house. Let's say you get lucky, you buy something in the Southeast or whatever in a landlord-friendly state, and you're able to get it for uh, rent for 1%, 1500 bucks. which is, is that even realistic in today's market? Uh, you know, that's, that's a long conversation. But for math's sake, let's go with it. My principal interest taxes and insurance, my pity, <laughs> my P-I-T-I is 1000 bucks a month on this house, which with today's interest rates, again, probably not that realistic at that price, right? So I'm just doing some easy math. So we're at 500 bucks, rent minus PITI. And we got $200 in expenses. That puts us at $300 a month in income. That's not a lot of dough. You spend all that time, 18 freaking months of living below your means, living for $25 a day. 
to make $300 a month, man. It's a lot of work. But I was dedicated. We were dedicated. We wanted a better future. We did not want to answer to the man. I want some freedom, baby. Freedom. So you take that $300. How long, how many times do I, how many months do I have to wait to buy another one? That's $3,600 a year at $300 a month on this one rental house. 10% cash on cash. You're looking at 116 months of not touching any of that money and not having any catastrophic capex to go buy another one. But you can't think of it that way. For the second one, what did we do? We did everything. We did everything it took. And then we went into short term because the short terms bring more cash in. Bigger purchase, though. They're like a, Avery calls it a turbocharger. She's right. It's like a general in your army. If a single family home is a sergeant or is a private, then a, then a, then a short term is like a general or a sergeant, it goes out there and it directs traffic and makes, you know, it, it has a bigger responsibility, more work, people working underneath it. The single family $150,000 homes are working underneath it in your army. So anyway, you know, let's, let's continue with the same math we were already doing. Let's say we get two of these things, $600 a month, $150,000 houses. And then we've got, then now we got $600 a month and it only takes us 58 months. It takes us half as long with two houses, 58 months. Now I'm here to talk about this thing called life, which is forever. And that's a mighty long time. As Prince would say, 58 months is a long time to come up with $70,000 out of your pocket. But you got to get rid of that immediate gratification crap and think about your kids and your family. A man has succeeded when he's able to provide for the next two generations. Don't even think about your kids. You gotta, I mean, that's, yes, you got to provide for the kids. But you got a bigger picture. You got to take care of their kids, you know, or at least give them an opportunity to take care of themselves. This is America. I'm fifth generation Nebraskan. Uh, a whole long line of people that busted their ass. And I'm proud that uh, I've been able to get to where I'm at. I did have one great, I had a great grandfather that owned a couple apartment buildings. It's in my blood. My dad grew up in a, in a motel, which is what is a motel? It's a commercial short-term rental. And his grandfather owned that. And he grew up and it was a pay-by-the-hour motel in Omaha, Nebraska, go Big Red. <laughs> So anyway, now we got two of these houses and we're looking at 58 months to get our, our next one, you know? So that's when it starts to get a little, now we got to figure out where do, how, where do we go from here? Let's throw a short term in the mix. And how do we, how do we get these houses making the money themselves? I've already cashed in my 401k. I've already, I've already sold my guitars and my hot rod. I sold, I sold the car. I sold, I had a 66 El Camino. I sold that thing. I put the money in the fire, put it in the pot, build up the fire. I didn't want to sell that car. I miss that car every day. I got a picture of it hanging in my office, but it reminds me where I come from and how hard I've worked and what I've given up to get to where I'm at. And it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be, you are going to work harder than you've ever worked in your life. All right. So let me pull up a chart here. Let me pull a chart. And this comes straight from Mr. Mike McCallowitz. Profit First is the book. Read it. Love that dude. Read all his books. He's fantastic. Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. Interesting title. Fantastic book. The Pumpkin Plan. Um, every one of his books is wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. All right. Let me uh is Pumpkin Plan Mike McCallowitz? I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that. I could be off on it. Somebody's screaming at their their car radio right now saying that's not Mike McCallowitz. I'm pretty sure it is. Anyway, uh 
let me pull up um, a chart and show you what I'm talking about. Is put put this put this to use. All right. If you happen to be watching on YouTube or whatever, if not, that's okay. I'll describe it. I actually prefer radio podcast format anyway. Okay, so um, what I'm talking about here is a way to make sure you make your money is be, being put to work because. You buy a house, it goes out into the workforce. And then, you know, the money from that house needs to go into you. I hate to tell you, I'm going to break it to you real hard right now. You're not going to make any, you're not going to use this money to go buy more crap on Amazon. You, it's not going to happen. You're going to take all this cash and put it back into the cash. Now, one more thing, guys. Hold on. Let me let me unshare this real quick. One more thing I want to point out. If you got a bunch of dough, you're a high-level dude with some big fancy job making $750,000 a year, you can go buy rental real estate and set yourself up for a pretty kick-ass retirement free from the man. You're going to have to grind it out for 10 or 15 years, 20, 30 years, but you can do that. This is a rich man's game. That's what the internet doesn't tell you. That's not what the podcast don't tell you this. this is, if you got a bunch of extra cash laying around doing nothing, you can go buy some real estate and probably have a pretty good life, especially in 20 years when you paid off the leverage. That's the cold, hard truth, man. And I'm not trying to bum you out. I did it with no money. But I'm trying to get you to be realistic. You are going to have to work your freaking ass off if you want this thing to happen, man. Okay? You got me so fired up. I don't even know if I can find that screen I was just on. All right, let's talk about how we handle our bank accounts. All right. So what you do here is you got, let's say you got some houses. Let's say maybe we built this thing to 10, 15 houses. This is a hypothetical at this point, just to give you a little idea visually of what this looks like. Maybe a little down the road. I got some cabins in the mountains on short term. They're bringing in some money. It goes into this account. We call this maybe an OPEX account, right? It's just a little bubble on the screen is all i'm talking about they maybe got some beach houses i'm not so guys i'm also not talking about entity structure here i don't care how you how you hold these properties oh my god luke do i need an llc if i had 50 cents for every time i heard that question i wouldn't even need real estate talk to your lawyer about that stuff you know i mean yeah it's a long conversation it's just not the conversation we're having today I don't care how you hold it with an LLC, Wyoming holding company or whatever the hell, or if it's in your social security number. I'm just talking about however you want to lump these things together. And quite frankly, this will probably evolve over time anyway, based on how many you get. And this one's doing well and that one's not doing well. And I got a bad situation with a crappy tenant over here in this one, et cetera. But let's say we got some cabins in the mountains. We busted our ass and got some down payments going and got some cabins in the mountains. We got maybe a beach house. Maybe we got an apartment, maybe a 10-unit apartment building would be nice to throw in the mix. Good luck getting that thing to cash flow in the first three years. Uh, maybe we got some single-family long-term rentals. Each one of these is a bucket. So I've, I've just described four basically bank accounts or buckets, if you will. Then we set up side accounts way over here, somewhere else in our brain, down here on the screen. Or maybe for CapEx, just because, you know, you don't want to get caught your pants, pants down when the HVAC goes out. HVACs are expenses, so maybe you take 3% of your, your income and pump it into a CapEx account. Made that number up, but it's probably a pretty good place to start. And then you can stop pumping money into the CapEx account once you reach, reach a certain number. You know, if you got one house, maybe you want six or seven grand in a CapEx account. Have I run with no CapEx? Hell yeah, especially in the early days. I wasn't married. I didn't have any kids. What, what do I need to, I ain't worried about that freaking HVAC. I'll, worry, I'll figure it out when it happens, you know, like, a, like I'm freaking John Wayne. 
<laughs> but it paid off, man. Would I do that now with kids? Hell no. Hell no. But back in the day, I had nothing to lose. Born to lose, live to win, baby, like Lemmy. <laughs> Rocking the Lemmy facial hair right now. Anyway, then we take, and we maybe, this is the important one here. Well, first of all, let me talk about this one. This one is, is a different color if you happen to be watching on YouTube. Uh, and it looks important, but it's not. The savings account is even less important than the damn CapEx. What do I care about savings? I ain't got any money, man. Why am I stocking away money when I don't have any money? You got to put that money back to work. So this account here, forget about it. If you're brand new, new to this whole thing, throw it out the window. You don't need to be saving any money. You need to be investing. Put every money into the invest account. This account is your new best friend. 3% into these for some CapEx. Once they get to a certain amount, bump this up to 13. The whole goal, guys, is to make it so your daily uh, in and out bank accounts are stay the same. When that money comes in, you got enough money in there to pay, you pay your mortgages or your insurance, et cetera, out of these. But they stay the same. Basically, want to stay, you know, around a thousand bucks a month when you're first starting out would be a great, great idea. Everything extra goes into these two. This one, once you get it, maybe to, you know, maybe eight thousand bucks would be a good idea. Enough for an HVAC. If you got ten houses, maybe you need enough for two HVACs. But again, in the early days, I didn't have enough for any HVACs. I was putting it all into more properties and more properties. Every single penny I could get my hands on. So these percentages can change and, and, and be wiggled around based on how much money you're making and how much CapEx you're dealing with and how many rehabs you're doing and how, many, how much paint you're doing and stuff like that. Uh, but you get the point, man. I'm fired up, okay? Again, Mike McCallowitz, I didn't make this stuff up, guys. It's profit first. You pay yourself first. You are not going to make any money off the, re, uh, off the rents on this property. If you are, you're not going to grow. If you're trying to make money off the rents, you are not going to grow. Okay, so then eventually, maybe eventually we can get to the point where these buckets are so big, they're paying for themselves. And maybe then we start having a conversation, do I start paying some of these properties off? Maybe you got 15 properties in one bucket over here in one town. Maybe you got another clump of 20 single families over here in this town. And then let's say, you know, the first town you got 15 properties in that bucket for lack of a better way to put it, I probably should put some freaking catchphrase on it because I'll get more clicks on YouTube or whatever. Annoys the crap out of me, but you get my point. Bucket's not the right word. I should have come up with some catchphrase. But if you got 15 properties in this cell of properties, how about cell? We'll go with that for now. Um, at a certain point, you might find that that cell Cell to me sounds like prison, so it's not a good word. But anyway, maybe that cell is making 15 grand a month. That sounds like fun. And then after a certain period of months, maybe you take the cash from the profits from the that that bucket of properties and you pay off one of those properties. Now we're going back to the Ramsey. It's funny because you start out with Ramsey, then you Kiyosaki for about 20 years, and then you go back to the Ramsey and pay everything off, you know. So I'm 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 in that I'm in that phase right now. I'm gonna maybe start paying a few of these things off. You know, if you got a big stuff, if you keep the day job, maybe not a great idea to pay it off because the interest is, is a write off, but um, it's deductible, but you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a long conversation. That's not what we're here to talk about today. When to pay things off and things like that. But if you get your bucket big enough, maybe you can start paying off one property at a time in that bucket. And then that dude, once you pay off one of them, 
it's a steamroller, man. It's 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 like building a it's like building a giant snowball. It takes forever, and you got to pack it down, and takes forever, and takes forever, and eventually it gets big enough, it just starts rolling down that hill on its own, right? So if you pay off a property, that's a big giant chunk of snow you're adding to your to your balls. <laughs> All right. Anyway, long story short, I stole every minute of this from Mike McCallowitz Profit First. You got me fired up today. I enjoyed our time together. But most importantly, what I want to remind you is to don't, you don't overthink it. And you got to bust your ass. If anybody told you this was going to be easy, call them a liar. I've worked harder at this than anything that anybody could ever imagine. Waking up early, reading all the books. You got to read all the books. Go read every book. And if you do, you will succeed. I'm going to leave you with a quote from Michael Jordan. Failure is the reason for my success. Long hair Luke, cash flow Carl, the shaman of short term, asking you, please, do not overthink it. And I am not afraid to beg for a five-star review. Please hit me with a five-star on Apple Podcasts, and I will love you for that. And you'll get some karma coming back to you in the form of five stars on your properties. I love you. Don't overthink it.